0: Taiwan's border controls will be tightened starting Sunday to block the advance of the Delta COVID variant. The highly transmissible Delta variant was first detected in India but has since swept the globe. Starting Sunday, international arrivals from seven high risk countries will need to quarantine at a centralized facility. Let's hear from the health minister.
1: Okay
2: the first measure affects arrivals from countries with significant numbers of Delta infections. These are India, the UK, Peru, Israel, Indonesia and Bangladesh. Brazil is also included due to the virus variant that's dominant there. People who have a travel history in these seven countries in the previous 14 days, including flight transfers, will need to complete their 14-day mandatory quarantine in centralised quarantine centres. They will be administered a PCR test at the start and end of quarantine and they will not be required to pay fees for the stay in the quarantine center or the tests. As for arrivals from all other countries, they must quarantine at their own expense for 14 days at a hotel or centralized quarantine facility. They will also need to get a PCR test before the end of the quarantine. Flight crew of Taiwanese airlines returning to Taiwan from key high-risk countries will have to undergo 14 days of quarantine and get a PCR test before it ends. They can also stay in quarantine hotels or accommodation especially designated by their companies.
0: On Friday, the Central Epidemic Command Center said it had identified two more cases of the Delta COVID variant in Taiwan, taking the total to seven. All seven are imported cases, and the latest two are Taiwanese who recently returned from Peru. The CECC says the two cases may be connected to a COVID cluster that's emerged in Pingdong County. Also on Friday, the CECC announced 76 new local cases and five COVID-related deaths. Japan has announced a second donation of AstraZeneca vaccines to Taiwan three weeks after it donated nearly one and a quarter million doses. Its foreign minister announced Friday that one million more doses will be offered to Taiwan. A scholar says Japan's donation is not only a gesture of friendship, but also a pointed move to counter Chinese influence in the
2: region. We will send an additional one million doses each to Taiwan and Vietnam.
3: Following its donation of 1.24 million vaccine doses to Taiwan, Japan has decided to supply Taiwan with an additional one million doses. A Japanese parliamentarian revealed on Twitter that the vaccines will be shipped after July 1st.
2: After the March 11th Tohoku earthquake years. Years ago, Taiwan was the first to send donations. I think it's wonderful that Japan can now be the first in the world to provide vaccine assistance to Taiwan. This timely act of rescue reflects the goodness of human nature. As long as we hold fast to the path that is right, we will have the support of like minded partners.
3: Scholars say that Japan's repeated assistance is not only thanks for Taiwan's help after the Tohoku earthquake. It's also a geopolitical move. 台日的友好情誼之外,最重要還是有國際戰略的考量啦。
2: There's Japan's friendship with Taiwan, but the most important consideration is still geopolitical strategy. The Japan-U.S. alliance is well known in the world. The U.S. has noticed that Taiwan's political polarization over the pandemic is extremely serious, even more serious than the COVID spread itself. It wants to prevent China from seizing an opportunity for infiltration vaccine provision as a united front tactic is one course of action China can take against Taiwan. The U.S. and Japan and even the G7 countries and NATO countries are now aware of the potential harm China could bring to the international order. Given that there's a global vaccine shortage, nearly all distribution is being conducted through the COVAX platform. But in the process of such distribution, Chinese influence and other external pressures can come into play. The U.S., Japan, and even Lithuania have chosen the method of direct donation so that the people of Taiwan can get immediate assistance.
3: To counter China's aggressive efforts at vaccine diplomacy, democratic nations like the U.S. and Japan are sending doses directly to Taiwan's door to shore up its defenses.
0: Do you want a COVID vaccine? If you're not on the priority list, you still have a chance. The Central Epidemic Command Center says vaccine clinics can now offer their leftover doses to anyone who's 18 years old and above. Leftover doses come about because every time a vaccine vial is opened, it has to be completely used up on that day. Sometimes at the end of a day, there are several doses remaining in a vial with no one left to use them. To have a chance at one of the leftover doses, you'll have to register to be on a standby list. The CECC says these doses may be offered, but clinics aren't obliged to do so. Tainan Mayor Huang zhe says his city won't be creating a standby list for leftover doses, saying that could open up a Pandora's box of controversy. In Taipei, New Taipei, Taichung and Kaohsiung administrators say they are willing to allow standby lists but will first call up people who are already in a priority group. Amid Taiwan's vaccination campaign, a significant minority of vaccine recipients experience mild side effects following the jab, as their body develops immunity to COVID-19. We heard from one of Taipei's top nurses on how to take best care of yourself before and after the shot. Getting a good night's sleep and eating breakfast beforehand are important. Afterward, drinking lots of water and taking a brisk walk can help you recover faster.
3: A customer comes in asking for anti-inflammatory painkillers. The AstraZeneca vaccine sometimes provokes side effects like a mild fever, headaches, and muscle pain. Related medicines are selling fast.
2: They're selling pretty fast, which seems to have led to a bit of a minor shortage in delivering stock. For example, there are many, many more customers than normal asking for vitamin C and D, which improve one's immunity.
3: This pharmacist told us antipyretics are selling 50% faster than normal, while anti-inflammatory and pain-killing drugs are up 30 to 40%, as are vitamins B and C. Chen Mei Li, lecturer at National Taipei University of Nursing and Health Sciences, shared with us her top 10 tips for a smooth vaccination. Eat something beforehand so your blood sugar isn't too low. Drink 300 milliliters of water two to three hours before the jab. Avoid hot water so as not to develop the false appearance of a fever. Half an hour after the jab, drink some more water slowly and continue hydrating every hour for 24 hours. In the water-
2: Small blood clots appear in the blood vessels after vaccination and can block them, causing unpleasant reactions in the muscles or in the organs. Getting enough water is quite an important factor, but it's not appropriate for people with heart problems or kidney problems or who have to restrict the water intake.
3: Chen says it's very important not to rub your arm after vaccination. If the muscles are sore, you can put a cold compress on for 15 minutes. If it swells, take a brisk walk to stimulate your circulation. If you develop a fever, rinse your body with warm water. And if it continues, you can take an anti-fever drug.
2: I don't really endorse taking antipyretics personally because I think the immune system needs to produce a fever in order to develop resistance. It's not so good to suppress that. The AstraZeneca vaccine is perhaps 70% effective in the first place. If you suppress it, then it might become only 50% effective.
3: For three days after getting the jab, take your temperature once every four hours. There are various symptoms to watch out for up to a month after the vaccine. Headaches, changes to your vision, stomach aches, breathing problems, swollen legs, spots or bruises on the skin. Any of those warrant an immediate trip to the doctor.
0: The Defense Ministry has announced the appointment for Taiwan's next chief of the general staff. In July, Army Commander General Chen Baoyu will assume the post of Taiwan's top military officer. He'll be replacing Huang Guang, who is set to retire at the end of the month.
3: The ball floats over the plate in a parabola. It was tossed by Army Commander General Chen, who was tasked with the first pitch at a CPBL game in 2019. Very soon, he'll be entrusted with a new mission as Taiwan's Chief of the General Staff. Shown here a commending frogmen who pass their grueling training, Chen is himself highly physically fit, with a penchant for triathlons and ultramarathons. He previously served as the deputy army chief, as well as the commanding general of the 10th army command. Once he takes office, both the defense minister and chief of the general staff will be from the same branch of military service, the army. Scholars say this indicates the direction of upcoming military policy.
2: The U.S. and Japan are both strengthening the role of ground forces and anti-landing capabilities. From that perspective, it appears that Chen's army background will be of direct benefit to exchanges with the U.S. and partner nations.
3: Chen's appointment will prompt a reshuffle in military leadership. His vacancy as Army commander will be filled by Vice Chief of General Staff and Executive Officer Xu Yuenpu. Xu's post will also have to be filled, along with other positions such as military strategy advisor at the presidential office. Five of the six new appointments are generals, and one is a lieutenant general. They represent the largest military reshuffle in President Tsai's term.
2: Over these past few years, as Commander-in-Chief of the Armed Forces, I have personally witnessed a change in the air in our military. I have seen the public sentiment toward the military improve day by day. The international community is paying close attention to Taiwan's military capabilities and to the degree of its resolve for safeguarding regional peace and stability. These internal and external environmental factors have set up the best possible state for you, our youth.
3: President Tsai prepared a video for cadets about to graduate and enter service. With new talent coming up and a sweeping reshuffle at the top, Taiwan's military is poised for change.
0: The U.S. has announced the date of its Trade and Investment Framework Agreement talks with Taiwan. After being stalled for five years, TIFA talks will resume via teleconference next Wednesday, Taiwan time. The American Institute in Taiwan, which released the news, said that its director Brent Christensen and Taiwan representative to the U.S. Xiaobi Kim will open the meeting. It said the chief consultants for the talks will be the Office of the U.S. Trade Representative and Taiwan's Office of Trade Negotiations. Taiwan has pushed to restart TIFA talks for years, with the goal of signing a free trade agreement with the U.S. Outgoing de facto U.S. Ambassador Brent Christensen received an award from President Tsai Ing-wen on Friday for his contribution to Taiwan-U.S. relations. President Tsai bestowed on him the Order of the Brilliant Star with Grand Cordon in a ceremony at the presidential office. At the event, she said she was sorry to see him go and that he was welcome to return anytime to see old friends and enjoy a bowl of his favorite local sweet, mango shaved ice. Christensen, whose three-year term expires this summer, said he may be leaving Taiwan, but that Taiwan will never leave him.
3: President Tsai drapes the Order of the Brilliant Star with Grand Cordon over the director of the American Institute in Taiwan. Not only were AIT staffers there to bear witness, TSMC founder Morris Chang was also watching on in the audience.
1: We have seen a significant expansion of trade and investment flows, the most noteworthy investment being TSMC's $12 billion commitment to build a cutting-edge semiconductor plant in Arizona. This investment underscores the critical role that Taiwan plays in global high-tech supply chains, especially in semiconductors.
3: Christensen said TSMC has played a key role in enhancing the economic and commercial ties between Taiwan and the U.S. He said he was deeply moved by how the two sides have helped each other in the pandemic.
2: Under the efforts of Christensen, as well as Taiwanese and American diplomats, the number of vaccines delivered to Taiwan last week was more than triple the original amount. That day, I'm certain that Director Christensen was delighted with a job well done, although his expression was hidden by a mask and sunglasses.
1: It has been gratifying to me that we were able to reciprocate the generous assistance that Taiwan provided to the United States early in the pandemic the arrival of these donated vaccines during this difficult time in Taiwan has been described as timely rain, ji jishui, but it points to the United States and Taiwan as real friends, Yo, who help each other in times of need.
3: President Tsai made note of Christensen's special connection with Taiwan. Not only was he sent over as a diplomat three times, he served in Taiwan as a missionary more than 40 years ago. She said that over the past two or so years, Christensen helped Taiwan-U.S. relations advance by leaps and bounds, from the renaming of Taiwan's coordination body for the U.S., to the State Department's lifting of restrictions on exchanges with Taiwan, to the normalization of arms sales, to the high-profile official visits of then-Health Secretary Al Alex Azar and then Under Secretary of State Keith Kroc. In the coming weeks, talks will resume under the Trade and Investment Framework Agreement, setting another milestone for the deepening bilateral relationship.
1: Even after my departure, I look forward to continuing to contribute to our joint efforts to further strengthen this vital relationship. I may be leaving Taiwan, but Taiwan will never leave me.
2: On behalf of the people of Taiwan, I would like to express a reluctance to see you go. Of course, I would like to invite you and your wife to return to this beautiful and friendly country at any time in the future, to see old friends, and most importantly, to enjoy a bowl of your favorite mango ice. It's as you said, Taiwan will never leave you, and together we will continue to bear witness to progress in the Taiwan-US friendship.
3: With his term about to come to an end, Christensen bid a poignant farewell to his host country. President Tsai invited him to return any time to see old friends.
0: A chorus of criticism is rising up globally after Hong Kong's last pro-democracy newspaper ceased operation under pressure from Beijing. Hong Kong's Apple Daily printed its final edition on Thursday after the arrests of its founder and top executives and the government seizure of its assets. U.S. President Joe Biden issued a statement denouncing China for suppressing independent media and silencing dissenting views. President Tsai Ing-wen applauded Apple Daily for being not just a newspaper, but a, quote, beachhead for the Hong Kong people's fearless craving for democracy. President Tsai said Taiwan would always stand behind the people of Hong Kong in their pursuit of freedom.
3: Hong Kong's Apple Daily has printed its last edition, ending a 26-year run amid China's crackdown on freedom of expression and the press. Its demise has raised an international outcry.
2: This is a major step backward for freedom of expression and freedom of the press, and it has deeply concerned Japan. Japan hopes that the governments of China and Hong Kong will protect the freedoms of expression and of the press in accordance to Hong Kong's basic law. Japan will cooperate closely with the international community in our concern over China's actions. Hong Kong upholds rule of law. It is not a safe haven that's beyond the law. Freedom of the press does not entail impunity for crimes.
3: China's foreign ministry spokesman said the Japanese politician was interfering in China's internal affairs. Meanwhile, U.S. President Joe Biden issued a statement saying it was a sad day for media freedom in Hong Kong and the world. He condemned Beijing for using arrests and threats, as well as forcing through a national security law to silence dissenting views. He also said that journalists who are truth-tellers were needed more than ever in Hong Kong adding that the U.S. would not waver in its support for the people of Hong Kong. President Tsai Ing-wen also voiced concerns over the media outlet's closure, praising Apple Daily for refusing to succumb to threats and violence. She said she hoped that Hong Kongers' pursuit of democracy would one day make the Pearl of Orient shine again, adding that Taiwan would always support freedom in Hong Kong. In a recent interview with CNN, Foreign Minister Joseph Wu also touched on the issue of Chinese expansionism.
0: Well, the situation in Hong Kong is one thing that Foreign Minister Joseph Wu pointed to, uh, Paula, when he talked to me about the importance for Taiwan
1: to defend its democratic system. The important thing is that Taiwan is a democracy, and Taiwan is a high symbol of democracy. At the time when China is trying to expand its authoritarian influence, Taiwan is on the front line.
3: The minister didn't mince words on Twitter, saying Apple Daily and Press Freedom in Hong Kong are the latest victims of authoritarianism and the national security law. Appeasement is getting us nowhere. As China encroaches on Hong Kong's freedoms, global leaders are speaking out in support of the city's people.
0: Rapid home testing kits for COVID-19 are in high demand. Many pharmacies are selling out as locals screen themselves at home. But experts warn that the rate of false negatives is high for home tests. Just because you got a negative result doesn't mean you can abandon hygiene protocols. And the CECC warns if you develop COVID symptoms, skip home testing entirely and head for the hospital.
3: Rapid COVID tests are stacked up on shelves first thing in the morning before customers flood in. This lady bought three boxes at once. She wants the whole family tested and fears a trip to a screening station could put them at risk. Some people worry they'll carry the test out incorrectly at home. Experts say inaccurate usage can produce false negatives.
2: Home testing brings up the questions, was the test done correctly? And was the swab in contact for long enough? And was there enough likelihood of collecting virus particles? If there's some problem in collecting the sample, then even if the later steps are done right, there's still a risk of false negatives. That might make the test taker relax their vigilance.
3: Negative results from rapid tests are not an all-clear, in other words, so test-takers should stay cautious. The CECC has advice for anyone who tests positive at home.
2: If you should get a positive result after conducting the test, there are two avenues. If you're already self-isolating or in quarantine, please contact your local health center immediately, or call 1922 and follow their advice. Anyone else should make sure they have a mask on properly and go swiftly to the nearest community testing center for a further test, avoiding public transport. They should seal the equipment of their home test carefully in a plastic bag, take it with them to the test center, and give it to the staff.
3: CECC spokesman Zhuang Renxiang added that anyone experiencing COVID symptoms should not take a home test at all, but make their way straight to a hospital.